Welcome to this EBN podcast. My name is Alison Shorten. I'm an Associate Editor of EBN and an Associate Professor at Yale School of Nursing in the United States. Today I'm talking with Dr. James Pavanik, a Professor of Kinesiology and Epidemiology at Michigan State University in the United States and also the Director of the Center for Physical Activity and Health. As an exercise physiologist and epidemiologist, he studies the exercise responses of females, particularly during pregnancy, as well as the role of physical activity in reducing the risk factors for chronic disease development. Welcome, Dr. Pavanik. Thank you. Firstly, can I ask you to tell us some more about your current research at the Center for Physical Activity and Health? Certainly. We're mostly concerned with, just as you said, the physical activity and health, but uh, of all ages. Our, our department in general focuses on youth, and obviously uh, my area and my students' area is taking youth to the, to the very young level, perinatal period, uh, where we see everything as a continuum of, of what the, the mom does affecting the child's development, the child's growth, uh, physical activity later. So it's sort of a, a dual thing there. And at the same time, Recently, we have started to do a bit of work with individuals who are attending college and being physically active and seeing how that affects how well they do in school, how they're retained in school. So it's actually sort of a continuum, if you will, but I generally focus on the the pregnancy side, but a little bit with the college students as well. Mm, that's really interesting, the, the fact that physical exercise can really impacts so many areas of our lives at different points in time. Yeah. Correct. So let's now focus on the role of physical activity during pregnancy. Well, why is physical activity sometimes challenging for pregnant women? Well, it could be challenging for a number of reasons. Sometimes, uh, particularly in the first trimester, obviously, uh, with the morning sickness, uh, those who have been physically active are finding that they just don't feel up to it, and that's very frustrating for them. Others are finding that particular activities simply, they're, they're just not simply comfortable doing them anymore. It, a lot of this depends on uh, where they put on their weight, uh, how their balance is affected. Uh, I've known women who had some of the largest bellies I've ever seen in my life running in nine weeks, and I've others that are, I would consider, small in terms of their weight gain and just were not comfortable. So. Uh, one thing I learned doing this years and years ago is that every pregnancy is, is different. And uh, we, we talk about guidelines and we talk about women should be physically active, but one size certainly does not fit all during pregnancy. Women might be wondering how much physical activity is actually beneficial during pregnancy and whether there are different types of physical activity that are better than others. So what does your research suggest about the important characteristics of physical activity and, and what really makes a difference in health and well-being as their pregnancy progresses? Right. Well, that's, a, that's, a, that's an incredibly important, sounds simple, but very difficult question. Um, we, we know at this point uh, that in very, very few occasions, do we see any downside to being physically active, assuming that the woman, woman is having a normal, healthy pregnancy and, again, she's, she's not doing things that are hurting her and then she causes a strain in the <clears throat> abdominal muscles or something. 
But but to, to say exactly how much is needed for the benefits is a little more difficult, although you do know that, that certainly moderate to vigorous, and, and I will say more of the data points to the vigorous uh, in terms of uh, reducing hypertensive disorders, labor length, uh, straightening out the uh, birth weight in terms on the normal continuum. On the other hand, uh, even moderate exercise has been shown to help uh, prevent gestational diabetes. So, it, it, again, one size does not necessarily fit all, and we and we at this point we're more toward the we're, we're trying to push the envelope to the point of letting the women do as much as they feel they can, but to know exactly the amount that they need is 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 still a bit tricky. So when you talk about moderate or vigorous, can you give some examples or uh, how do you make that distinction between that different type of exercise? Certainly. Moderate, I mean, the simplest explanation would be moderate, think of that as a brisk walk, not window shopping, but uh, walking, you can talk to the person next to you, but you're moving, you're you're hurrying your way to class or down the road or whatever, uh, you feel like you've done a little something at the end of the walk. Uh, that is what we normally consider moderate activity. Uh, vigorous activity, an easy example would be running, jogging. There are other things, obviously, cycling, you can swim fast. I mean, you can swim moderately, you can swim vigorously, as opposed to walking and running are a little bit more you know, delineated. Uh, cycling, you could cycle very, very slowly or, or moderately, and you could cycle vigorously if you're an endurance athlete, uh, pregnant woman. So one activity you could do different intensities if you're talking about something like running and cycling and swimming, but if, if you're talking about running, which is a different activity from walking, that's a very good way to delineate. And most people, we found that most, most women, actually most even non-pregnant women, prefer walking as the number one exercise. If women are considering uh, beginning new types of physical activity in, uh, during pregnancy, perhaps they haven't had the opportunity to um, engage in physical activity prior to their pregnancy, but they're thinking that this is an important time. Do you have any thoughts about how they could approach that? Think, you know, thinking about how they can match the right physical activity to their, their own situation? Right. Well, I, I would think it would be extremely rare for a woman who has not been physically active in a long period of time to become pregnant and think, now I, I want to do all the right things, including exercise, I think I will begin a running program. To me, that would never, I won't say never, but almost never recommend to a woman. I would certainly recommend a walking program uh, and have her build up to maybe half an hour, five times a week, something like that, do it over Short bouts, it could be 10, 15 minutes twice a day, those sorts of things. In general, I think, and, and, if, and if, if she's worried about overheating, if she lives in a climate that's, or, or a time of year that's very, very warm, I would certainly recommend that she do it perhaps in a shopping mall or possibly in a, in a fitness facility where, where it's a little cooler. Uh, if she's worried about too much heat, I have a fan nearby. But... I would just tell the women in general to walk if they haven't done anything else. That sounds like good advice. Now let's focus on the issue of childbirth. 
What did this particular study discover about the potential benefits of a structured physical activity for pregnant women and birth? Well, the, the, the study in question looked at uh, studies, there were clinical trials where they assigned women to either a, an exercise condition or a control condition, and, and the exercises were structured classes that the women attended. Perhaps they, in some cases they might have done some with a group and then possibly one day or so at home. But whenever, as you know, whenever you do a clinical trial, in theory, you remove a lot of the potential confounders involved, so not necessarily all of them, but in general, I mean, that's the whole reason we do trials. And what they found was that the incidence of C-section was decreased, I believe, by roughly uh, 15%, which is uh, not trivial when we think about roughly one in three versus C-section. So uh, if you can remove uh, the risk of having a C-section by 15%, then just simply by a structured exercise program, then to me, that's, that's, that's a very significant finding. It certainly is. Can you outline what you thought were the most important strengths and weaknesses of this particular study? Well, I, I think the strength is, is one of them is what I just said, they, they, that they, mm. they, they looked at clinical trials, so they looked at the most well-designed, tightly controlled studies with, with the best quality measures that they yeah. could find. So that's, that's a huge strength of the study. Uh, I think some of the potential weaknesses were that even though exercise was a piece in these studies. They had the women exercise. In general, most of the studies' outcome measure, major outcome measure, was not whether the women had a C-section or not. It was other things. So in terms of, well, why did the women have a C-section or not? I mean, obviously, uh, if, if you were looking for that in itself, you would, you would take greater care in finding out the indications for the C-section. But there could have been others. It could have been an elective. It could have been other things that might have figured in that could have biased the results uh, just a little bit. The other thing is when the authors did their search, they searched on a number of terms, and, and exercise was one of the major terms. Uh, they did not search on the term physical activity. And when we, my colleague Michelle and I, uh, looked at this afterwards, we found significant number of studies, maybe 60 or 70 studies that at least at first pass, you know how meta-analyses are, you get a thousand of them and you end up using 20. Uh, at first pass, there were, there were some extras that they did not include. Now, I, I don't know. We did not uh, look at every one to see, well, they should have included this one and included that one. But if there had been other ones in there, you know, who knows how that would have affected the results. I doubt very much, but that's just one, comp, you know, one observation. And I think possibly the most important thing from a practical standpoint, I mean, I thought this was a fantastic study, but from a practical standpoint, most women who are physically active during pregnancy, uh, they're not in a structured program. They're, they're doing something on their own or they're doing it with their friend or something, but not as structured as this. I understand why they looked at these studies, but it would be nice to know, hard to find, I'm not saying it's easy to do, but uh, perhaps a student would want to do that for a project or something, but to find out women who did the same amount of activity as was done in these structured programs, but did it on their own, would the results be the same? Uh, again, that would be a very, very difficult study, and I don't know 
there, that there would be enough sample out there. But that, that would be a good question in the future to find out. Well, while you're talking about future research, are there other aspects of this particular study that got you thinking about other sorts of projects that could be conducted to, I guess, strengthen our understanding of this area? Again, I, I think it's it's sort of a continuum. I get calls all the time from women who are, and from reporters sometimes, you, you, you see something in the news about a woman who's 38 weeks pregnant and she finishes a marathon in record time or she's lifting weights and doing CrossFit and all sorts of things and people have very strong and mixed opinions on whether that's right. And what I always say is a couple of things. First of all, what does their health care provider say? Uh, and what was she doing previously? These are not <laughs> normal women in some sense. No. no. So from a public health standpoint, you know, I, to be blunt about it, nobody cares. I mean, that's a funny way to say it, but I think you know what I mean. It's These are a, a rare breed of woman, and, and we're more worried about the woman who doesn't do anything with the risk of obesity and all sorts of comorbidities. However, I think there's something to be learned from these women just from a biological standpoint, why is it that some of these women can do what they do and continue to do it throughout childbirth? I think we could learn, and from what we would learn, we could apply it to the general public in terms of the biologic changes. The problem is we would have to round up enough of these women who are going to not necessarily all live in the same town and get the research done that way. So we have that end of the spectrum. And then we have the other end of the spectrum where we pretty much know, in general, as we've discussed here, that, that by and large, exercise is going to do a lot of good things for pregnant women themselves, the birth outcome, the, possibly the child later on. We know If we know that, the, the tough thing is getting the women to do it. And that's the big challenge. I think from a public health standpoint, that is the largest challenge, is, is to get the women who need to be physically active to be physically active. And if they weren't doing that originally on their own, now you're overlaying this whole condition that some people might consider not necessarily an illness, but something where you have to be careful. And in many cases, it's just another excuse not to be active. Not necessarily what they say. It might be what their relatives say. And coupled with that is, quite honestly, not all health care providers are equally as knowledgeable and their beliefs are not all the same in terms of the value of physical activity. So uh, we have a lot to be done to get the word out, to get average women in an environment where they feel comfortable being physically active. Mm. And sometimes the pregnancy itself can be helpful in setting up, I guess, ways of being that would continue after the pregnancy. So becoming pregnant, women might be thinking, how can I become as healthy um, as possible and what can I be doing um, later on in my, my life as my life progresses to remain healthy? Do you see that as something that um, occurs in pregnancy? It doesn't occur often enough. I think you uh -huh. hit a great point there. I think it's an incredibly good opportunity for the women to get the right message because they are most of the time, trying to do all the right things. And I've always thought that humans are interesting. We, we want to know the answers. We, we want the instant results. 
And a lot of times people stop non-pregnant individuals who took up exercise to lose weight. Well, sometimes they don't lose as much weight as they would like, or guess what? They lose the weight and they still are not happy with their bodies, and then they stop. So uh, if that is on the woman's mind, what better time to get her enthused than postpartum because mm-hmm. even in the worst of cases, women are going to lose a significant amount of their of their pregnancy weight. So it's a time when they are getting the results, at least the direction of the results that they want. And if they see pregnancy as an adjunct to them losing even more weight postpartum, then that's a good feeling. They might feel better about themselves. Their self-efficacy for being physically active goes up. And then, as you say, they can continue that through the next pregnancy and and beyond. So it's a crucial time, I think, to intervene. As we're talking about these sorts of messages and the importance of providers in encouraging women to... Um, become physically active or at least remain physically active during their pregnancy, what role can providers play to guide women about their physical activity? I think they can and should be more aggressive in pushing the physical activity, not just talking about it glibly very quickly, but querying the women on how much are you being active and what are you doing and what have you thought about and spend even a few more minutes discussing that. I know that it's it's a business and we can't spend a lot of time with each patient, but a, a few minutes on the front end to really show, first of all, you have to have the knowledge to do that, and not everybody that's a provider has the adequate knowledge, which is unfortunate. But if you have the knowledge, you have to share it, because this is a time, if ever a pregnant woman is going to listen, or a woman is going to listen to her doctor, it's when she's pregnant. And uh, it, it's a great time for for teaching and if done correctly even if the provider doesn't have all the answers he he or she should know where to send the woman to get the answers whether it's the local health club or fitness facility or whatever to try to work out the details of go to this particular program uh, they're having prenatal exercise classes etc they're doing it the right way and really be a strong component or proponent of the physical activity lifestyle during pregnancy. And I think the women will respond quite well. Now, one final message. What key points do you think our listeners should take from this particular piece of research? Well, I, I think that the, the thing is, I mean, I've been studying this for a long time before it was popular to do. And the early studies that I was involved with were more worried about are we doing any harm to the women because the before I started they were just small anecdotal studies where they were the Olympic type athletes and as we just discussed earlier that's a different breed of woman but when I started working in this we, we were actually trying to see not necessarily trying we weren't trying to cause harm but we were seeing if there were any bad effects of being physically active and there, there's been so few studies that have shown any anything that would make physicians nervous and those are just and even those results were were in very extreme exercising situations. So the bottom line is it's safe. And not only is it safe, it's going to help you during your pregnancy. It's going to help you probably during your delivery. It's going to help you postpartum. And very likely it's going to have a positive effect on your baby. Now, I don't know what's more than that. 
to convince the women to get on board. Uh, having said that, wherever they are in the continuum of physical activity, whether it's the women that were triathletes and want to start racing again a week after they give birth, or if it's the woman that's never done anything who you'd like to at least start a walking program, make sure the healthcare provider knows exactly what you're doing and get good advice and keep it up to the best of your ability within reason based on warning signs that hopefully your physician will share with you. Thank you so much. We've been talking with Dr. James Pavanik from the Michigan State University in the United States. Thank you so much. You're welcome.